We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. And I am finally back once again with the one and only Perry Goldstein. Perry, where can we find you on Twitter? And more importantly, how the heck are you doing? I'm great. I'm actually uh, in your neck of the woods right now um, in Milwaukee as we speak recording. So feels good to be in the Packers home state talking about the team. Just feels right. And this is your first time uh, in Wisconsin, is that correct? No, no. Uh, I've oh, been okay. here a couple. I've been here a couple times, but it will be my first time in Green Bay when I go up next week. So that's very exciting. That's right. You were recently in Madison. Uh, I forgot about that, but I know uh, this is going to, like you said, your first time in Green Bay, coming uh, to see Lambo, going to camp, and everything like that. So, uh, how excited are you for that? That seems epic and amazing. Um, it's kind of hard to put into words as someone who's been a lifelong fan and now someone who's so invested in the team and spends like, feels like a part-time job of my life is spent following this team now. So to finally get to be in their home, see where they play, actually see them in person, it's, it's a little surreal. I'm not sure I'm going to believe it until I'm actually up there. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, obviously it's the exact opposite for me where it's been literally in my you know, basically outside my back door my entire life, and I don't know anything other than it, which is why I had to start a 365-day-a-year podcast <laughs> about it, because I was thinking about it every day anyway, so I might as well talk about it. Um, but no, that's absolutely amazing. You're going to love Green Bay. Glad that you're getting to see Milwaukee, and uh, yeah, super excited for you in that regard. But we have a literal crap ton to get to, uh, because the Packers have started training camp. It has been an absolutely insane week. We had Aaron Rodgers return. We had uh, Randall Cobb return. We had the start of actual training camp. We had two press conferences from Brian Gutekunst. We had the most epic press conference ever from Aaron Rodgers. I don't even know necessarily where to begin, so that's where I'm going to lean on your smarts and expertise here. (laughs) What's been your biggest takeaway from training camp so far? And there could be like a million different ways this could go, I feel like. There are so many. I, the first thing that came to mind when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today was just that we just spent an entire off season, like since the draft, basically. So 
what is that, three, four months, wondering like what the heck was going to happen with this team. Because yes, we can talk about the coach is the same and new defensive coordinator and pretty much all the same pieces, but let's not mince words here. Like who is under center completely changes the entire trajectory of the Green Bay Packers in 2021. And then all of a sudden, day one of camp comes, we have no idea what to expect, but Aaron Rodgers shows up and they restructure his contract and he's back wearing his red 12 you know, quarterback jersey at the first day of practice and it's all over. You know, just like that in one day, essentially, you know, everything that we have been wondering about, questioning for the last couple of months is done. And we know it's going to be Aaron Rodgers in 2021. And now we can just kind of focus on actual football again. And it almost feels to me like so abrupt. I I, am happy about it, right? I think it's the the best case scenario, at least if you're looking at just the 2021 season. Um, But you know, I'm going to come up next week and it's going to be Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams and Jair Alexander with the ones. And it's, it's going to be exactly what we would have hoped it would be um, just like that. Just like with a snap of your fingers, he shows up day one. So it's just, it's, it's kind of wild to me that, you know, all of that happened over the last couple of months for it just to sort of end no holdout, no Packers taking money from him or finding him or anything like that. Just Rogers is back. It's insane that we're basically on a million percent the same wavelength on that. My my note here my, was everything feels normal. And I think that the thing that's noteworthy here is that in a, in a large way, and I think we've kind of already known this, I don't think I'm breaking any news here, but like there's two insane, crazy different sides of football, and they're both entertaining, and they're both important to the your franchise and everything like that, but there's everything that happens on the field and there's everything that happens off the field. And the NFL has done a tremendous job and better than any other league in any sport of making the offseason feel epic and at times almost mm-hmm. as or more important than what actually happens in the 17 weeks during the season and postseason and everything like that. And evidence of that, of course, is the ratings that they get for the NFL draft, um, just how much everything goes crazy when free agents are being signed and trades are being made. The entire offseason feels completely epic and crazy every single year and so important. And, of course, like, you know, every – like in like once you're like five or six weeks into the season, like there's already, what, seven, eight, maybe ten teams that are like, all right, we're, we're basically done for the year. But when the off season starts, like all 32 franchises and all 32 uh, fan bases are like excited. There's going to be new players. You're going to get new draft picks. No matter where you're picking in the draft, some you know every team usually signs at least a player or two. And again, it's it's the time where hope springs eternal. But they're two insanely different aspects and two totally different times of this season. And this entire off season, as you know, Perry, and as everyone listening knows, has been absolutely insane and you never knew what was going to happen next and while in most circumstances the, again the, the off season's exciting and everyone's you know kind of pumped for it this one was just deflating in so many ways but then training camp starts and Rodgers back and while you have to kind of put blinders on a little bit because of course we had that Aaron Rodgers epic press conference Brian Gutekunst didn't exactly hold back punches and saying yeah Randall Cobb's here because the quarterback wanted him here and those sort of things so you have to put blinders on a little bit but when you walk into training camp 
if you didn't if you didn't pay attention to any of the off season stuff, you would literally have zero idea that anything had happened all off season long because now it's literally just football. And you can tell, you know, Aaron Rodgers just had the interview with James Jones, and I know he said in his press conference he was all in, but in the moment and with everything else he was saying, it sort of, I don't know, maybe fell flat. But when he was saying it to James Jones and just how he's interacting with his teammates on the field, like everything feels totally normal. And that is by far and away my biggest takeaway because I didn't know how this was going to feel with everything going on. If this was, if it was going to feel awkward, if it was going to feel forced and through four days of training camp so far with everything that's been going on, it feels normal and it feels amazing. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think one of my biggest concerns all of off season is no matter how this shook out, how would it impact the locker room? Like how would it actually impact football activities once it came down to that? And obviously you're there in person right now and I haven't been, I've just been kind of following through Twitter and through what I what you and other people send me via video. It just really feels like all of that has kind of completely been washed away and obviously we're not inside the locker room, but um I think my biggest takeaway from that is that these guys are professionals, right? They were able to compartmentalize or look past or forgive and forget whatever it is that they were able to do or say, you know, we're here for a job and our guy is back and now we're going to go win football games with 12. Um, and I just, I don't know if it's impressive or it should be expected um, because we've certainly seen drama in other locker rooms and other franchises impact the play on the field. And of course we haven't gotten to week one yet, so it's hard to tell, but from what I all accounts, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you know, offense seems to be running fine, practice seems to be running fine, like no issues. Um, it just feels like everyone's really excited and happy to have the band back together, to have everybody on the field. Um, I think there is something to be said for Cobb coming back in terms of like a morale booster. Maybe it kind of smoothed over some things. It was easy to look at that and have this team be excited right to have a guy like Cobb either back if they've played with him before or just know that that's you know a vet that's kind of beloved in Green Bay to kind of right like smooth it through the transition but um, I I guess I'm just kind of impressed with the way this team has handled the situation not just this week with Rodgers actually physically being back but the last couple of months with everything that they've said in every press conference every answer that they've had when asked about it um, just absolute consummate professionals it, it makes me even more like proud to root for them. No, I think that's fair. And I think, you know, maybe had they just kept Randall Cobb and gotten Aaron Rodgers a golf cart a little bit sooner than this offseason, maybe things never would have, you know, been an issue because as soon as Randall Cobb shows up and David Bakhtiari gets him a golf cart, like he seemed like he, he everything was good to go from there on out. And of course, you know, James Jones is there. And again, I think what happens between uh, those yard markers and between, you know, the, the white lines, it's just a total different atmosphere than everything that happens in the off season. And I think, you know, I think everyone just kind of gets back in their routines. And once they're around everyone, right, like mm-hmm. that locker room is, is close knit. And, and as you mentioned, the offense picked up right where they left off. Like there has been no hiccup with, with this offense. They've gone right at Joe Barry and his new defense. The offense is well ahead of the defense now. No pads and no Zedarius Smith, no Kevin King. You know, there's there's been some some players that have been out. No Kingsley Kiki. So it's not like the the defense is running you know on on full cylinders at this point. But you know, no Corey Lindsley, no David Bakhtiari, and the offense not slowing down in any way, shape, or form, and completely looks like themselves. So. 
Uh, again, it feels normal. It feels like football. It feels like Rodgers is supposed to be there. It, it all feels right, which is, again, after a off season of uncertainty, it's pretty freaking cool that it feels that way because, again, I, I think for the longest time we weren't sure how it was going to feel. Well, we're going to get to our most excited aspect, and I think a lot of the things we just talked about are, are you know, could all be in that. But before we get there, let, let's kind of sandwich this with maybe something that we're not so excited about. I know it's only four days of practice, but is there anything that's maybe gnawing at you or bugging you or maybe that you're disappointed about through the first, again, week of, of practice and just kind of this off season right now? It's an interesting question because I think we just mentioned what is, again, like most exciting or the big, our biggest takeaway, and that kind of overshadows any like smaller disappointments. So this is definitely like minor. I think what I'm most disappointed in, and disappointed is an interesting word, but it, it's interesting to me how many kind of key players weren't practicing this week, right? You've got Zadarius Smith not in there, Kevin King not in there, even a guy like Will, Will Redmond all placed um, – on kind of this like non-football injury list, if you will. And so, you know, you kind of come in and you hope you get to see how everybody looks after the offseason. Everyone's been working out. Everyone's been training. You want to see what the full roster looks like. Now, I'm that kind of ties into what I'm most excited about, so I won't spoil anything. But um, I did just think that it was interesting that some of those kind of key pieces of the Packers' defense um, and some on offense more expected, like David Bakhtiari, but – um, weren't, weren't in there. So you're not really getting to see like the full picture of what this Packers roster is really going to look like. It's interesting. We were on the same wavelength, but just a, a degree different. So mine was also some of the injuries, but it's more some of the guys that like needed this time, right? So like Patrick Taylor is a great example of this. Like after missing all of last season, he's there for OTAs and mini camps and is able to practice. Looks like he's going to have a real shot at competing for this number three spot. And then out of nowhere is on that non-football injury list and now has missed right. the first week of practice where, oh, by the way, Kylan Hill and Dexter Williams have looked really good during that time frame. So I just disappointed for a guy like that who was, you know, to me, would have been drafted last season if he was healthy, you know, going into the season. But teams knew he wasn't going to be, so he goes undrafted. But this was a, you know, a low-key, interesting player to keep an eye on. And now he's missed another week of football. And, again, you just hate to see those things. Isaiah McDuffie, another player who, you know, is a late-round draft pick. You don't want to – I hate, hate, hate when rookies miss time to start their career, right? Like, you just want to see those guys get off – on the right foot, and I've seen so many times, even like top picks where they miss, you know, an extended period of time to start their career, and it just feels like they never get back on track. So certainly not, you know, giving Isaiah McDuffie's career a death sentence here, but, you know, you never want to see them, you know, be injured. Dominique Daphne, a player who I think we all, all felt like looked like a rosterable player the way he played towards the end of that season. You still have a Josiah DeGuara coming back, and you want that to be a good competition. Of course, DeGuara out as well, but, you know, Dominique Daphne needs to come in and show that he can play like he did a season ago. So those are the ones that I'm you know, of course, without it goes without saying, Zedarius, Kevin King, you know, Kingsley Kiki, those guys much more important to the Packers actually in 2021. Uh, but, you know, I felt confident in the fact that I think Matt LaFleur in one of his first press conferences said that none of these were like long-term injuries. So, you know, they're, you know, hopefully going to be back sooner rather than later. So in my opinion, it just affects some of those younger guys a little bit more. Um, a couple other ones, um, just other small disappointments, um, Devontae Adams, not disappointed in the way that he's playing, but this goes back to that business side, right? So Devontae Adams has come out and, surprise, surprise, looked like 
the best wide receiver in all of football. He looks phenomenal. He's making plays every single day. He's just an absolute I, I, savant at playing wide receiver right now. Like, there's no, I don't care who's lining up. I don't care if it's Jair Alexander. I don't care if it's Jalen Ramsey. I don't care if it's Dion in his prime. I do not care. There's nobody that can line up across from Devontae Adams one on one and just shut him down right now. He's too dang good. And again, the disappointing aspect is obviously not that. It's just that now you have this other question mark. He's going into the last year of his contract, and um, we've we've seen all the last dance, you know, memes and everything like that. And you just as a fan, you know, as, as much fun as the offseason and the business side can be at times, it also stinks when you're thinking of this team without Devontae Adams. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think it, it, it could go either way at this point. But the fact that you have this player who's so talented, who's homegrown, uh, who has gone through you know, the grind of his second year where, you know, people actually wanted him cut to becoming literally the best wide receiver in football. And now he is going into a a contract year without a a long-term extension pending. Um, I think that's disappointing in some aspect. And then last but not least, and this is nitpicking a little bit, but I have been at training camp practices and most of them, the fans are just jacked and excited and football's back. And this training camp, you've got fans coming back for the first time in two seasons to come and see their team. Rodgers is back. Everyone's there. Like, it feels like this should be a massive deal. And the fans have been relatively quiet. Now, to be fair, it's been more of like an OTA because there hasn't been pads and LaFleur's kept it pretty light. And, you know, just some of the stuff that they've done, there's kind of some, um, you know, periods where there's not really much to get excited about. But I've seen practices where there's go pack, go cheers, and, like, the fans are completely I, – I expected a pretty riled-up fan base with Rodgers back and with, again, no no training camp a season to go to be at. And the fans have been pretty nondescript so far. So a slight disappointment for me in that regard. Okay, well, challenge accepted. Yes, there you go. That's your uh, job. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do, well, Maggie and I will have to do something about that then. Um, no, I, I couldn't agree more with you just quickly on the Devontae Adams thing as well. I, I, you just hate when contract negotiations kind of lag into the season. And again, I think he's spoken about this before where he says, you know, I'm here to play football and I'm, I'm going to let my agents do that. And that's been kind of the sentiment I feel like with most of the players, right? David Bakhtiari said the same thing. Even Aaron Jones said similar things. So I think I'm just hopeful that they get something done. Now, it definitely feels like the most public of the conversations. You know, we have Brian Goodkins also commenting on, you know, that there's some kind of discrepancy with what they view as the dollar amount for the top paid wide receiver. And I've really never heard, and I think this week in general was just like the most honest I've ever heard um, both the front office and the players in a press conference which Agreed. is appreciated right and his fan base has been waiting for answers for months and we got them and and that was appreciated um, but it definitely also lets you know what's actually going on potentially more than we would have before of what's behind those closed doors and that that Devontae Adams conversation is not you know really where I think we would hope it to be but um, good news is that there is plenty of time for that to happen. I totally agreed. And, you know, hopefully something does get worked out. Of course, we know the salary cap situation next year is an absolute nightmare. But 
I think we're all to the point where we don't even want to look at next year's salary cap at this point. We had a nightmare of an offseason a season ago. We know that the next one's not going to be pretty either. So it's kind of like, yeah. let's just enjoy this ride where we're at right now, and we'll figure all the rest of that out later. As much as I'm a look-ahead person and even want to go and like start looking at it, like even I am just like, we'll get there eventually, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about that eventually. But um, no, you still obviously want to see those players stick around, and hopefully Devontae gets his deal because he's certainly deserving of it. Well, we know he's going to get a massive payday in some regards. We just hope that it's with the Green Bay Packers. All right, let's exactly. let's flip gears. We talked about disappointment. Now, again, we're a week in. What are you most excited about from this, this first week of Packers camp? There are so many things, Andy. Um, I, I will only choose one for time purposes, but um, I think that, I mean, like I, we just talked about, right, there's a couple guys that aren't practicing, and what I find the most interesting, I shouldn't say the most interesting, but something that's super interesting about sports is when you get your opportunity, you know, these guys know that they have to seize it, and so when you, you know, have Kevin King not practicing, you get to put Eric Stokes in, you know, with the ones, and I just think that those reps for him going against Devontae Adams in practice, like all of that learning, being able to be opposite Jair, um, that is like the most exciting to me. Obviously, you know, the secondary, I think in general, from a depth perspective and what it's going to look like under Joe Barry and all of that is is electric. Um, but I've been pretty high on Stokes, like kind of from the get-go, and I just have a nagging feeling that he's going to end up being a starter at some point this season and these reps for him right now at the very beginning of camp all those lessons and he's going again Jair said it right in his press conference iron sharpens iron when he gets to go up against Devontae Adams you're literally going up against a one-of-one tandem and Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams like you're never going to get a better opportunity to become a better corner than dealing with that duo. And I just think it's going to make him even that much better. Um, we know he has plenty of growth to do, but I'd rather him, you know, have those bad plays and see what 12 to 17 does, you know, in practice than, than on the football field in a game. So um, I love seeing that he's out there. I also love that, you know, you hear that Josh Jackson is getting those reps as well at, at some point. And, and maybe they kicked out, I think, Chandon Sullivan at some point to the boundary, which is interesting. But just um, it's obviously unfortunate for Kevin, who's kind of back on a prove-it year. But there's something to be said for when somebody, a starter's out, you know, those guys get their chance um, and they get to show what they have. And I, and I love that for Stokes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, so just exactly what you're saying, you know, about iron sharpening iron. I think with Jair Alexander, that's a great example, right? So Jair basically being somebody that, you know, was able to go against Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers every day. We saw him be able to get better. And I, frankly, I think Devontae Adams got better when Jair Alexander came. And you see those two go up against each other and camp the last few seasons. And you just see um, how talented both are, but how much it makes both of those guys better. And I think to your point, I think Eric Stokes is going to get some of that rub as well from going up against the likes of Devontae Adams and, you know, even the rest of this wide receiver core, these reps are invaluable for him. And I think you bring up a great point there. Um, I, you said you want to only go over one thing because of time. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through two ones really, really quick. And then I'll get to my main one. Elton Jenkins has looked freaking phenomenal. I know no pads yet, so I'll give that disclaimer, but he's out at left tackle and he just looks absolutely fantastic, which I don't think is a huge surprise, but like he could be your franchise left tackle and you wouldn't miss a beat, which is just crazy to say. Um, Dennis Kelly, I'm more excited just because I did the episode uh, a couple weeks ago on YouTube of like five players that Green Bay could still sign and Green Bay never signs the players when I do those sort of things. So the fact that they actually signed one I was geeking out about, but Dennis Kelly just makes so much sense from the fact that he knows LaFleur's offense, providing valuable depth when you've got Bakhtiari out to begin with. And if you don't want to kick Jenkins outside, even though I just said he looked amazing, um, it just gives you so much depth and versatility on this offensive line moving forward. But the biggest thing, and again, this kind of goes back to what we spoke on overall, but there, I'll be the first to admit, Perry, there were times this offseason, and you know this, where I just, I frankly thought that it was in the Packers' best interest to move on from Aaron Rodgers just to kind of get the saga done with, rip the Band-Aid, move to Jordan Love, get as much capital as you can, and move forward. And when they decide to trade for Randall Cobb, I'll be the first to tell you, of course, it does not make any sense to trade for Randall Cobb. At this point, you have a very deep wide receiver core that's taking away snaps from Amari Rodgers in the slot, potentially, who's somebody that can probably develop sooner rather than later. You're probably going to have to move on from a Devin Funchester and EQ, if not both, simply because Randall Cobb is there. And again, you're just moving on um, from, from players who are you know, are are talented just because you're bringing in this guy that Aaron Rodgers wants. And all of it doesn't freaking matter because Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb are at Packers training camp and it feels freaking awesome. Um, You know, there's, 
sometimes all of that stuff that seems to make sense in a vacuum or doesn't make sense in a vacuum just ultimately at the end of the day doesn't matter. And seeing Rodgers and Cobb out there just feels so freaking right, and it's amazing. There's no other way around it. It's absolutely amazing. I'm excited about it. And, again, as I mentioned earlier, we have all of next offseason to dig through how the salary cap is going to be wrecked for a little while, and they're going to move on from some players, and it's going to be absolutely heartbreaking. But right now, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb and Zadarius Smith and Mason Crosby and everyone else are wearing green and gold and have a G on the side of their helmet, and I am excited about that, and I'm excited about this season. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, analytics, GM hat, all those things. You just kind of throw it out the window, and you're just like, there's such a human element to football that those things don't take into account and I think this Randall Cobb addition is is a perfect example of that like it doesn't matter about salary cap it doesn't really matter about snap count like this is just heartwarming morale boosting you know there's tons of players and and Rogers listed a couple of them in his press conference that you would have loved to see retire a Packer you you just would and even though they brought Jordy back and they do that signing and they do those for a couple players it's not the same and it's like to that video of Devonte Adams and Cobb running out of of the Hudson Center together to practice. It's just there's there's no say what you want about all the other things. You, you can't beat that. Um, it's just it was just a great day. Um, and again, I think it's probably easy to judge if you're not a Packers fan and you're not like kind of in the in the weeds of everything Packers related. If if another team did that, if the Lions or the Vikings did that, right? Like we would be judging them, but it it just doesn't matter. Totally agree. Totally a million percent agree. It is going to be it's going to be a fun season, like whatever happens. And again, this could end in a variety of different ways and things could go totally awry starting next offseason. But right now it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. So pads have not been on yet. And this next week we'll start seeing things ramp up. We're less than two weeks away from the first preseason game. This coming Saturday is family night. What's something that you're really hoping to see once those pads do come on for this team? Yeah, there's kind of two things. I think one is something that you mentioned already, which is that it's just been kind of slower, right? Everyone's back. They're not pushing them too hard. Once those pads come on, you know, the pace picks up, and you really start to see the way this team is is coming together, the way guys actually look um, after an offseason, the way the offense is going to run. And that's really exciting to me, right, like real, actual, fast-paced football. Um, the second is really focusing on the defense. Obviously, I think the biggest off-season acquisition for the Packers, because really they just kind of tried to keep the band together, um, was Joe Barry. And while some of the players have said, you know, it's really semantics and it's just about, you know, a couple of changes here and there, it might not be totally different from from what we saw with Petten. Um, it's going to be really excited to see what was different from last year. And I hope, I really hope, that it's a lot because there were, you know, we hashed it out over the course of the season. There are a lot of things that this defense could have done better. And I think that with all the same pieces that Petten had, what is Barry going to do with them? Um, I think another, a couple of things, right, we're looking at, like, everyone's been talking about the star role. Who's he going to have in there? Um, of course, you know, you're not going to, show all of your cards before the season actually starts. So I'm sure that there are going to be some things that we don't see, but 
who's going to be taking those snaps, who's going to be wearing the communication helmet. That's something that I kind of have flagged. Um, is it going to be one of the inside linebackers? Is it going to be a guy like Adrian Amos? Um, what, what's that back end going to look like? So I'm really excited to see what Joe Barry brings. I just, I really think that there's so much potential with all of these players um, and they seem really excited about him. It's, it's that it's vice versa, right? I think all of the players that had availability this week um, when asked about Barry said that he just brings this energy and they really like feed off of him. And I don't know if I just wasn't listening for it in the last couple of years or if it really wasn't there, but I just don't remember that same sentiment about Petten. And that's not to say that he didn't motivate them in other ways, but the fact that they've all hit on that um, shows me that there's some level of chemistry already that they have with him, and it's really early to feel that way, and so that's really exciting as well. So um, ready, ready to see what that defense looks like because, like you mentioned, Andy, the offense is already there, right? This is year – Year three, they're cooking, they're running. It's it's smoother um, than having a new defensive coordinator. Yeah, I 100% agree, and we are in lockstep once again, Perry. That is my biggest thing that I'm keeping an eye on when the pads come out is I, I want to see a little bit more from the defense and specifically the pass rush. There have been a couple plays here and there where they've got some rush. Again, without pads on, there's nothing to judge against. Darius Smith's not there, but want to see a little bit more from that defense. Want to see if they can't get a little bit more pressure on Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, maybe start forcing some turnovers. Uh, you know, Rodgers has not come close to, I don't think, throwing an interceptable ball. I think Jordan Love had the one where he overthrew Kylan Hill and it landed in the waiting arms of, of Ty Summers. But for the most part, uh, there hasn't been many opportunities for the defense to do any of that. And again, the offense is scoring touchdowns, uh, not at will per se, but again, they're definitely ahead. So I want to see the pads come on. I want to see those things start evening out a little bit more and start seeing the defense bring a little bit more intensity and, and again, maybe getting to the quarterback in a in a non-actually tackling the quarterback sort of way. So that's what I'm looking for. And hopefully some of these guys can bounce back from injury and get back practicing as well as E. King, Taylor, Kiki, McDuffie, Daphne, etc. some of the guys that we talked about already. I'm going to start off our next conversation topic here, and that's a player who we feel is on the roster bubble more than ever. So I'll kick this one off. And to me, this one is very easy, Perry. I'm going to go with Josh Jackson. And Josh Jackson has had three seasons of various amounts of playing time. Um, there have been times where he's been a starter, really his rookie year. He played a ton, and especially towards the end of the year, was was I think he almost played a 1,000 snaps that rookie year. Uh, there have been times where he's been a backup. He's played outside corner. He's played in the slot. He's even played some safety. He's played on special teams. And frankly, none of it's been really good, or even good at all. And this is really his last offseason to kind of show something, and he's gotten an opportunity to get some starting reps at times. And it just hasn't been good once again. There have been multiple times where he's been beat deep already. Uh, he, again, he's still struggling to get his head turned around and make a play on the ball. And all of the things I'm saying, you could say a lot of the same about Kadar Hallman at this point, too. Um, he obviously hasn't had that same opportunity that Josh Jackson has and certainly wouldn't be as big of a disappointment only being a fifth-round pick. But uh, those two corners in particular, I think, are running out of time. And even Jackson, I think, a little bit more so because he has had those opportunities and he just hasn't made the most of them. And I think that's frustrating and disappointing. But at this point, I would lean more towards I would be surprised if Josh Jackson was on this team uh, than if he wasn't on this team. And, and I expect Green Bay to go in a different direction at the cornerback position at this point. Yep. You, yeah, you took one of the ones on my, on my list as well. I agree. I think at some point, you know, you're, you're 
where you're drafted, your draft pedigree can only carry you so far, right? And I, I think the Packers have to say either we're getting something out of you or we're not, and it, it doesn't really matter anymore. And I feel like last year even we said this is this is kind of his last chance, so it feels like the last, last chance. I feel similarly, Andy, about Oren Burks. I, I think that, you know, the Packers have two really exciting young inside linebackers in Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin. Um, Ty Summers, you know, continues to make plays in practice and give the Packers a reason to, you know, keep him around, especially as a core special teams player. Like, that's your ticket, right, when you're a seventh-round pick um, to staying on a team. And then they brought in Devondre Campbell, and they did not bring in Devondre Campbell to not play. He's played um, a pretty high amount of snaps, you know, in the past couple of seasons with, with his former team. So, I don't see the Packers keeping more than four inside linebackers. That that doesn't feel right to me. And then at the same time, I haven't seen or read anything about Oren Burks doing anything in practice. You know, when they moved him outside linebacker, it was a little bit of a failed experiment. They moved back inside. He just he can't produce. Um, and so again, I think in the same vein as Josh Jackson, it just feels like that last chance, um, that last chance for him to to prove something. And I just don't know if there's even room or time for him to do so. Um, And I think you mentioned it earlier, and I'll just touch on it really quick again, is that with the addition of Randall Cobb, that just means one less wide receiver makes it. And I think that's really unfortunate for guys like Funchess, who's back from opting out, who could potentially really contribute to this team. But I don't know if he's going to stick around if, depending on how many wide receivers the Packers keep. Same with like a guy like Jawan Winfrey for no fault of his own. You know, is he going to make, um, a roster spot just because now that, that's one less spot in, in that wide receiver room. So wide receiver room is going to be, I think, a really interesting one to, to look at when it comes to, like, cut down day. Yeah, I have more on that one in just a moment as well in one of our other topics. But it feels like a lot of players from that 2018 draft class are kind of in that same spot. Josh Jackson, Oren Burks, J.K. Scott, Equinemius St. Brown, even Hunter Bradley, um, I think, mm-hmm. as well. All five of those guys ups and downs, inconsistencies have sort of been the name of the game. And, you know, they they got Jair Alexander and Mark Wesel the scaling out of that draft class. So no matter what, like getting Alexander as an all-pro corner and getting a pretty darn good wide receiver in MBS is going to be a win all along. But, um, you know, how those other five, you know, potentially turn out, like there's a chance all five could be gone, as crazy as that sounds. And there's a chance all five of them could be back as well. So this is a, a make-or-break offseason for a lot of that 2018 draft class. So definitely right there with you. I do want to touch base on a player really quick that got some shout-out from Aaron Rodgers. And it's funny because um, I had actually tweeted out during Friday's practice that something that stood out to me was Josh Myers. And there was a specific play that I had in mind because – it was right after this, or right before this, I should say. He he comes to the, the line of scrimmage, and Rodgers comes up, and Rodgers is making checks at the line. And Josh Myers, in his fourth freaking practice, is handling all the checks at the line, pointing out who the you know who the potential blitzers are, the mic is, whatever the heck he was doing at that point, communicating everything to the line, and and it like it seemed, and of course I don't know, I don't know what calls were being made or anything like that, but it seemed like they were very much in lockstep, and it was just super impressive to see Myers, you know, have that level of confidence to be making all those calls already. Like, that can't be something that's easy. And one of the things, of course, in his scouting report was his intelligence, and that seems to be playing up, you know, playing up big up until this point. And, oh, by the way, then Aaron Rodgers, after practice, Josh, uh, excuse me, um, James Jones asked him about maybe a player, a rookie, that's, 
you know, impressed him so far. And remember, Aaron is not exactly a player that impresses easy and certainly is not going to give a ton of praise to a rookie if they haven't earned it. So after four practices, for Aaron Rodgers to say, quote, I got to stay the center, Josh Myers, for a guy to come in as a draft pick, as a rookie, and to be that comfortable, it's pretty impressive. So again, to me, that comfortable quote is exactly what I was talking about in in making the checks at the line. Again, without pads on, we'll see how we can kind of hold up against the Kenny Clarks of the world, you know, probably this week and moving forward. But um, to have the intelligence to be that far ahead with doing that sort of stuff when you're trying to replace and fill in for a Corey Lindsley, that is crazy, crazy. So uh, he is off to a phenomenal start, in my opinion. I love to hear that. I, I think it's interesting that you know, the Packers, their whole draft and develop philosophy gives, at least from my perspective, a lot of time and grace to a rookie class. And to hear that already this current rookie class is likely going to contribute in pretty a pretty meaningful way is a very exciting um, and wonderful change of pace. <laughs> it is. And again, the, the crazy thing is, is that Myers has been, I, I believe, I, I, I can't say that I've checked it on every single snap, but I'm, I'm very, fairly certain that Myers has taken every center rep with the ones since, I mean, there's not exactly ones with rookie minicamp, but he took every, you know, first center rep in rookie minicamp, then took the reps with the ones at minicamps, OTAs, and now in training camp so far. Like, this is his job now and going into the future. And again, we'll see how things, you know, move going forward. But it, no matter what else happens for the draft class this season, if they found a solid starting center from day one and that can make all the communications and checks and be in lockstep with Aaron Rodgers, that is a heck of a find on day two of the draft. And I think, as you mentioned, I think they hit on more than that, but um, time will tell. But that's a great, great start for Josh Myers. Um, I think we're, we only had a couple more here, Perry, but I do want to ask you any bold predictions that you have for the rest of training camp slash preseason. This is so hard, Andy. I don't know if I do. I think we've touched on a few, you know, cuts that that can happen, and I don't know if they're that surprising. You know, the the boldness was really what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is back, and the Packers front office brought pretty much everybody back, and then you get another bold addition in, in Randall Cobb. I I will say I, I don't know if they're done adding players, and I know that might sound crazy given the cap situation, but I just really feel like this is the all-in. Like, we've been talking about the Packers potentially being all-in for a couple of years now, and, you know, you bring in Randall Cobb and you just restructure Rodgers and you just tank for 2022, and you're just like, I'm not dealing with this now. We're talking about 2021, and that's it. Like, this is – this is Super Bowl or bust year, really. Like, either we're kicking the door in after being in the NFC Championship game two years in a row, or we're not, and we're going to start anew. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Goot made another move, either via trade or use some weird rough ball cap magic to, to <laughs> add a player. Um, I, I just don't know if they're done building this roster because I really think that, like, this, this is it. This is the year. That wouldn't surprise me one bit if they, and I don't think they're going to do like anything like crazy, crazy, like some, you know, high priced guy that they trade for anything like that. But um, I think they could definitely add a piece or two that, 
you know, above what like a minimum contract would be. So that nothing would surprise me at this point. I think there's still some things that Brian Gutekunst could have up his sleeve, and that would be definitely interesting to see if they did something like that and specifically what position uh, they could do something at. My, my bold prediction, so I was going through, this is a, a cheap plug alert, so on today's YouTube video, as you're listening to this, I did a 53-man roster prediction, my first one of the offseason or of this, of this upcoming season, and if you would have told me going in that I kept anything besides six wide receivers, I would have told you maybe I went with seven. But as I got to the end of it, I ended up with five wide receivers. Now, I think this could still go in a million different directions, and I was not expecting this to be the case at all. But the more I thought about it, the more it made some sense. So let me give my, my my quick blurb on this. So five wide receivers, it's, of course, the five that you would think it would be Adams, MBS, Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Amari Rogers, who I believe are all locks, which means no Equinemia St. Brown, no Devin Funches, no Malik Taylor, no Juwan Winfrey, etc. But as I started thinking about this, so anything besides those five, right, the five that I just mentioned, there's, there's no more playing time on offense, right? Those five are going to, like, even Amari Rogers, I think, might struggle to see the field to begin with. But those four slash five guys, if there's any snaps that are needed on offense, it's going to come from those five. So number six isn't needed to actually play snaps. So, like, Devin Funches, for example, I don't know how much he actually helps you. Like, there's just not enough snaps to go around to add Devin Funches. It's not like Aaron Rodgers has a rapport with him, which we know takes time for Rodgers to build that with a player, and we know he's not going to play special teams. The same kind of thing, I feel like Equinemius St. Brown, not a great special teams player. We, he's had three chances in, or three seasons to kind of prove himself and hasn't been able to do so. So that's another one that I kind of feel like maybe you move on from. Like a Juwan Winfrey what is, like, he also not going to be a great special teams player, going to be more of a wide receiver. And again, you don't need that six wide receiver on offense. That would bring you to Malik Taylor, who's not going to bring you much of anything on offense and probably would never see the field, but could actually help out on special teams. And then you've got guys like Bailey Gaither, you know, maybe somebody like that who, um, you know, maybe could be a, a receiver down the road, but it's more of like a developmental guy. But the the way that I ultimately felt about this is your sixth guy, again, isn't going to be playing offense, so I feel like I can move on from everyone from that standpoint. If I'm keeping the sixth guy for special teams, in that case, I would much rather keep a KB and Ento or an extra safety or an extra linebacker like a McDuffie or an Oren Burks, an extra tight end like a Dominique Daphne. Like, I think those guys have more special teams value than a Malik Taylor would, so I would rather open up an extra spot for one of those guys. And maybe most importantly here, you, I don't think you're going to bring Devin – like Devin Funches would find another team, right? But if I like Equinemius St. Brown and I cut Malik Taylor and I cut Juwan Winfrey and I cut Bailey Gaither, I feel very confident that I'm going to be able to get two if not three and maybe all of them would be available back on my practice squad. And the practice squad is going to have the same rules that they did a season ago so you can once again call guys up from the practice squad if you need to and all those sort of things. So if I can get two or three of those guys back on my practice squad, even if I lose a Funchess or an EQ, I still feel really good because, again, my top five are what's going to dominate that that position anyway, and I'm still going to get a couple of those developmental guys back on my practice squad. So I think actually the depth of the position makes me feel more comfortable about keeping five rather than trying to shove seven on the roster and cut from other positions that frankly aren't as deep. So a weird kind of bizarre way of looking at it, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Very interesting. I mean, I definitely don't disagree with you at all. I, I, I think like we've also seen Matt, that Matt LaFleur's offense, like he doesn't, 
you know, spread them out wide like that we did with McCarthy, that he uses, you know, two tight end sets and pony package and, and all those things. So you're right, like the six wide receiver, what what are they going to really bring to to the team? Do you think, though, and I'm putting you on the spot now with this question, is if a guy like, let's say, I think I've seen Juwan Winfrey's name on Twitter a ton, right? And so if I'm seeing it, scouts from other teams are seeing it. Like, do you think that the possibility of being able to sneak those players onto practice squads is actually likely, or do they get picked up by another team? You know, I think we, and not just we, Aaron, like the Packerverse, but I think every fan base tends to always think that their guys are going to get claimed once they're released. And if you go back and look at it, like at the end when like however many hundreds of players are cut, on that first day of claiming players, it, there ends up being like 16 guys, maybe 20 at the most, that are actually claimed from the from the day before from cuts. Like most people want players on their team who have been there, and then you've got your maybe two really bad teams that each end up claiming like four or five guys. But for the most part, teams stay fairly consistent with the guys that they had on their roster, and you don't see a bunch of moves. Now, maybe that changes a little bit because there's a little bit more time between cutdowns and, you know, the, that first game this year. So maybe they feel like they can ramp them up a, a little bit better. But um, I, I think we always tend to overvalue the guys that we know a little bit more. And, again, if Juwan Winfrey's claimed, then I, I feel like maybe there's a less chance that Equinemius St. Brown gets claimed, and maybe you can bring him back. And, again, even if somehow Winfrey and EQ are claimed, like I don't necessarily know that you're that upset that if you can still get you know Malik Taylor and um, Bailey Gaither back because Gaither's looked good in limited uh, time as an undrafted free agent as well. So, again, Malik Taylor was your number six wide receiver a season ago. So, again, even, even if like EQ and then um, Malik Taylor and um, – and Juwan Winfrey are all cut, and even if you can only get one of those guys back, but like I, I think you're still okay. But like the odds to me that Funchess and EQ and Winfrey all get claimed, um, I just I, I think that's not as likely. Yeah, totally fair. Um, I think that's a pretty spot on perspective. I'm just always curious because you're right. I guess we are just so much more plugged in, and your perspective is a little skewed because we are tracking these names more more than, you know, the average the average yeah. person. And again, who you know, who the heck knows? They could like if if you told me they kept seven wide receivers, I would not be shocked at all, especially with Sternberger starting off on suspend, which could open up a roster spot. They could end up really liking right. Funches. Maybe you know, they obviously really liked Malik Taylor a season ago. So like who just you you never know, but I could easily see an avenue where again, if we're going into that breakdown, I never in a million years would have said like they'll only keep five receivers. I never it never even crossed my mind, but as I was going through it, it just actually ended up making a little bit more sense than I ever thought it would. All right, that I think that does it for us for most of our but any final thoughts, Perry, anything else that's coursing through your veins, uh green and gold that you want to talk about? <laughs> uh it's just uh I mean it per, it's more personal really. Just I I can't express enough how excited I am um to to get up there and to see Football in person um, after this off season for one, it's been really nice to see it on my Twitter timeline. But for me to to go up there and to see it for the first time uh, in person, you know, I'm getting to be at Lambeau for the first time in my life um, and going to get to go to a preseason game. So I know it's not a real game, but it's my first game at at Lambeau Field. It's just um, I said it earlier, but it's just surreal. I, I really can't I can't wait, and I'm sure that there are 
tons of Packers fans listening to this who have never been to Lambeau either and understand where I'm coming from in that kind of first time experience. It's I just know it's going to be um, even better than I can imagine. And more than that, I can't wait to see and meet all the people that, you know, we podcast with on a regular basis. You know, we're all friends too, and, and we're going to get to spend time together in person as well. And, and that's even makes the whole experience even more special. So um, yeah, it's, it's a couple of days away now and it, the countdown is real. It's so cool. I'm so excited for you. And I think the cooler thing is, is like, yes, it's just a preseason game. But like my final thought here was like preseason this year kind of feels epic with Jordan Love uh, finally getting snaps as a quarterback with the Packers. And there's a ton of players like Eric Stokes is going to be really fun to keep an eye on. Like this year's draft class. And like, how does A.J. Dillon look? Like there's so many players that are going to be so fun to see um, in extended action in preseason that I, I think this is one of the more epic preseasons that you could ever want to possibly be at a game. So, uh, yeah, it's preseason, but who the heck cares? It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and after COVID, too, you know, it's it's we didn't even get any preseason last year, so I think we took it for granted before, and now everyone's very excited because it's just more football uh, earlier than week one. Absolutely. Three, three definitely feels more right than four. Four always seemed like overkill, but three preseason games seems just about perfect. And, and we're going to get some fun matchups, too. You know, you potentially Zach Wilson versus Jordan Love in that Jets-Packers game in uh, the second week of preseason. Like, just those things are going to be really fun, and I, I can't wait for it. Like I said, it's, it's going to feel must-watch, even though it's only a preseason game. Although we are uh, definitely degenerates when it comes to Packers stuff and care about all the minutia. So maybe it won't be for, like, normal Packer fans, but I still feel like everyone wants to kind of get a glimpse of Jordan Love in actual game action. So I still feel like it's going to be epic. Speaking of epic, this has been epic. Perry, thank you so much. Where can we follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Um, You can also listen to Maggie Loney and I once a week on Pax What She Said. And of course, hopefully now Andy and I will be, and with maybe Alex, we'll we'll make an appearance soon back at more of a a regular cadence than this offseason. And um, I've I've missed podcasting with you, Andy. Likewise, right back at you. It hasn't been the same. I know summers always get crazy, so I had to fly solo, I think probably more than any of our listeners would have liked. Um, So I'm sure everyone is super happy to have you back, and we'll be happy when Alex is back as well, and we get in our back normal rotation. Hopefully Ben Fennell's back in our every other week rotation as well coming up. So um, as soon as we get... Uh, you know, past summer, I think that'll all clear up a little bit more and can't wait for the season to get started for a variety of different reasons. But that is going to do it for us today. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. If you haven't had a chance to check out the YouTube videos yet, make sure to do so. Of course, as Perry mentioned, make sure to check out Perry and Maggie on the Packs What She Said podcast. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.